Ryan Finkelmeyer, Senior Director of Enterprise Insights and Advisory at Cox Automotive. Yeah, Cox Automotive will join ATI Auto Business in 15 minutes to talk about OEM inventory, dealer supply market trends, and NADA show 2024. Mike check one, two, three. Sure, skip ahead. Miss Industry News, Cox Automotive doubles down on central dispatch. BEV Logistics' top two main issues and more. Plus, in 30 minutes, we have Patrick Janes with V-Auto, Cox Automotive, and Mika Tindor with Kelly Blue Book, Cox Automotive. They'll be here, too. So it's another epic show on ATI. Stick around. We'll be right back. What's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business Tuesday Nights Live, where anyone can learn more about the automotive industry. If this is your first time here, please do feel welcome. We've got another great show lined up for you. Uh, we're going to go into automotive logistics news here in a minute. Please do, if this is your first time, or if you're happy to be here, please do leave a like, click share, click copy. Also, let me know how the audio is doing tonight. Um, it should be better. Tonight on the Auto Logistics News, we've got Cox doubles down with Central Dispatch. Big news. You're going to want to see this. Uh, BEV Logistics' top two main issues, that's uh, logistics hauling EVs. And what did Trump say about UAW? Uh, at the quarter hour, we have Brian Finkelmeyer of Cox Automotive. We're going to talk about OEM, dealers, NADA, industry trends he's got an article he wrote that he wants to also talk about and then in our panel are his friends patrick janes and micah tindor with cox automotive so uh you're going to definitely want to stick around let's do this let's go into tonight's show stuff uh this is show 331 in a row on a tuesday we're starting a little bit early Sorry about that, but with NADA coming up, everybody's got to get ready on time, and I knew we'd be cutting it close right on time, so we're lucky to have Brian Patrick and Micah with Cox OEM and Dealers on tonight's show. There we go. Now you can see it. Um, this is Brian Finkelmeyer. If you're not familiar with Brian, you will be after tonight's show. We're all very lucky that he's here to join us. He wrote an article, just shared it on LinkedIn in the car business. The more things change, the more they stay the same. In the panel tonight is his friend Patrick and also colleague Micah. And this is going to be a stellar panel. You know, on AT Auto Business, we're connecting retail, wholesale logistics, and tech. And we're talking about all of it in automotive it's a full ecosystem, OEM, dealer, auction, broker, carrier equipment, regulations, and remarketing, all on ATI Auto Business. I am happy to say this one out today. Conference in automotive remarketing in March, car conference. I'll be moderating a panel, Rising Stars in Remarketing. That's exciting news as well. Thought I'd share that. If you missed Tuesday night's show, UVI was on the show. That was a great show. And we're going to catch up with UVI live at uh, NADA, actually Friday, uh, 1 o'clock Vegas time. We're going to be at the UVI booth. 
That's live coverage on ATI on Friday, February 2nd. I think it's Groundhog's Day. And we're also going to catch up with Dealers Link live in their booth. There will also be coverage with Run Buggy live in their booth, I believe on the north side of Cox Automotive Village. They're at NADA, ATI Auto Business, the ecosystem's neutral zone where you can find well, you can find anything in automotive. And we are following the disconnect between sales and operations. This is important. And we do this on Thursdays. It might, uh, it might feel strange, but we will be following up with information. Last Thursday, Car Hauling Truth with Dan. That was an awesome show. Wow, there was a lot of truth in that show. If you take the time. And then this Thursday, Trucker Drug Testing not a pleasant topic we're gonna have to go over that again but we are delivering auto logistics news here every tuesday night and it is five minutes after the hour perfect here we go biggest news i saw was cox doubles down on central dispatch with a hundred million dollar investment i would imagine that in logistics this is what we've all been waiting for and there are so many auto shipping and logistics and technology companies just on linkedin daily weekly with headlines and posts and information that this one i think this just wipes the table clean uh cox automotive says it's doubling down on its commitment to vehicle logistics the auto industry giant announced an investment of more than a hundred million dollars in its central dispatch brand to revolutionize the vehicle transport industry through technology cox said the investment will transform central dispatch from a matchmaking service that connects shippers and carriers into a fully integrated automotive transportation marketplace that gives clients the tools, data, and insights they need to take control of their supply chains. Cox Automotive President Steve Raleigh said the company sees tremendous opportunity in the vehicle transport space, and it would appear that way. Just look around. You see transportation and logistics more and more every year. Cox's ultimate plan is for Central Dispatch to offer everything shippers and carriers need to manage their transportation business in a single integrated platform, which it said will add efficiency, increase transparency, and connect carrier supply with shipper demand. This year, Central Dispatch will begin with the enhancement of carrier verification, a new carrier mobile app with inspection and electronic bill of lading. Holy mackerel. Advanced pricing and market intelligence tools and a suite of APIs designed to enable greater connectivity between the tools and applications shippers and carriers already use. Wow, that is huge. Now I want to do this. I'm going to check the chat for a second. How are we doing live chat? Now is the audio, the sound, okay, the sound is good. Okay, cool. Awesome. Because as you know, right, anybody knows that, uh, what, it was a week ago? I had to dump the whole news segment. It was too loud. Let's keep going. All right, great. Thank you very much. Logistics providers must consider new issues as volume of BEVs, not to be confused with beverages, are being shipped on the rise. That is a battery electric vehicle. Auto logistics providers anticipate a large increase this year in the volume of battery electric vehicles, or BEVs, that they transport. Two areas stand out when discussing handling those electric vehicles versus internal combustion engine vehicles. They are mass, size, volume, weight, 
and helping ensure the battery is conditioned. An average BEV, because of the heavy battery, weighs 20% more than the internal combustion engine. The chain, and that changes the load factor, as they say when loading a truck, when calculating what you can carry. A truck that might carry six Toyota Tacoma pickups may only be able to carry five of the battery electric Tacomas. Load factor aside, BEV weight also impacts the type of loading equipment and trailers used. It's more expensive to ship EVs, therefore, because of their overall weight. It's all about the battery. The BEV battery introduces a swath of new conditions and requirements for logistics providers. First, there is the need to ensure the battery is charged. That battery doesn't mean 100%. The optimal rate of charge is generally 60 to 80%, but that changes among auto manufacturers. A battery's level of charge must be monitored even when the vehicles are warehoused because the battery charge slow, slowly degrades over time. Before loading a BEV for transport, it's critical to ensure that the battery is fully charged, that the BEV is in transportation mode. Man, do you know how to put it in transport mode? All these different models. So that's... We're going to keep following that. I know that, you know, um, I was just asked last week to weigh in on how logistics is affected by battery and uh, everybody's talking about it. We're going to keep following it and it will present, it will continue to present new challenges. What I hope to do in the coming days is have a conversation with uh, OEM car hauling companies about how is this affecting them? In real time. We'll see. Dealers send second message to president. Hit the brakes on the EV mandate. After receiving no answer from President Biden to the request in November to tap the brakes on strict vehicle emission standards, car dealers throughout the nation are now urging the White House, please hit the brakes. Nearly 5,000 dealers representing all 50 states this week signed on to a letter to the president urging him to bring the Environmental Protection Agency's plan to impose strict tailpipe emission standards to a temporary halt. It's unrealistic. The hit the brakes message is a step up from the November letter signed by more than 3,000 dealers that asked the president to slow down the proposed regulations that they said would essentially mandate a dramatic shift to battery electric vehicles. And the White House did not respond to the first letter, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this one does. Moving to uh, oh, well, wait, wait for the battery supply chain to develop outside the control of China, says the letter. Wait for the charging infrastructure to support a significant increase in electric vehicles, and wait for the American consumer to make the choice to buy an electric vehicle, confident that they are affordable and won't stand, strand them because of a lack of charging stations. Good points all. Finally, Trump calls UAW's Fane a weapon of mass destruction for auto workers. Donald Trump fired back at UAW President Sean Fane after Fane listed the reasons the union endorses Biden for president. Interesting trigger there. Uh, Fane called Trump a member of the millionaire class looking to divide people, noting Donald Trump is a scab. Donald Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. Donald Trump stands for stands against everything we stand for a union. Now, by the way, this is not a political message, but it is interesting how, right, the political football of the UAW topic, and when you look at, uh, let's see here. Okay, yeah, that's, okay, that's rhetoric, and that's rhetoric. Too. Okay, well, here's what he said. Sean Fain's a weapon of mass destruction, auto workers, and the auto manufacturing industry in the U.S. He's under contract with China. 
And so now why would he say that? Okay. Also, the UAW won a record contract with four GM Stellantis, as you know, plus now ratifying contracts with Honda, Toyota, Hyundai, Tesla. Okay. Well, I suppose this will be talked about in the halls of NADA. We won't solve it here. Leverage ATI in your business. I don't ship cars. We move information. This is ATI, and you're welcome here. This is where anyone can learn more about the automotive industry and add their two cents. So do me a favor. Stick around, because right after this, we're going to be live with Brian Finkelmeyer of Cox Automotive. We'll be right back. Are you completely stressed out from all the calls and the contracts and the verifications of loads where nobody ever answers the phone? Call Murphy Auto Dispatch Services today. Murphy Auto Dispatch Services has over 15 years in the transport industry. We are your office while you are on the road. We book, we verify, and we bill out your loads for you. We have an excellent accounting staff and an even better dispatch team. Give us a call today at 417-273-0021. Or if you want to email me, it's murphyautotransport31 at yahoo.com. Give us a call today. Transport AutoQuoter is by far the leading auto-quoting software on the market and the only auto-quoter with a pro version that comes preset with accurate pricing for anywhere in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about it. The best part is that no change with your current software is needed. Just plug TAQ in and start booking jobs. Carriers can easily plug TAQ into their current websites and start making money right away. I bet you're wondering how we do this instantly and accurately 24-7. Well, constant analytics is the key. Our price watch team is constantly monitoring current market conditions, paying close attention to seasonal and quick-moving industry changes. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of time and data to maintain good pricing, time that most of us just don't have on a daily basis. So free yourself up. Using TAQ Pro is really a no-brainer. Save time and money, maximizing your leads and optimizing your online investments. You'll finally be able to sleep well at night knowing that TAQ is on the job selling for you 24-7. Never missing a potential job. Don't lose any more sleep worrying about missing leads. Get Transport Auto Quoter to quote the right price the first time, anytime, Run your business with TAQ. Visit transportautoquoter.com. All right, now, please do help me wish a very warm welcome to first time on ATI. Brian Finkelmeyer is with us. Brian, can you see me and hear me okay? I sure can, Jake. Good to be here. Thanks wow. for having me on. It's amazing to have you here. We're here. We're live. I'm excited. Brian. My first <laughs> yeah, time on a YouTube channel. Here we is, go. Is that, are you real? Is that right? <laughs> For yes. sure? Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. All right, well, do us a favor. Please say hello and tell us a little bit more about you. Well, yeah. Uh, first off, Jay, you know, I, I think you and I spoke here recently, and I think we both have a shared love and passion for the auto industry, and so I'm always uh, flattered to get the opportunity to come on and talk about the latest and greatest things that are going on in this fascinating business that we're all a part of. Um, I will say very quickly, you know, I – when I was a senior in college, I, I took an interview for what I thought was just a you know first year out of college job working at a call center um, at Nissan out in Los Angeles, and little did I know that that was going to be the first step on uh, you know a 28 year career in the auto industry. 
You know, uh, that's interesting. We were, I was having a meeting and we we're talking about it. Let me hit. I'm just going to go to the live chat for a second and pull up the full screen here. We were talking about, you know, the career path and how we got to where we are in automotive, right? Everybody's got a different story. So you were telling me that, and then you were expanding on, you know, more of like personal philosophy of, there was a, a word you use, entrepreneurism. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that, will you? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, most people, I would say, that work in big, huge corporate environments, you know, they tend to inherit the, the job of the person that had them before them. And um, I, I don't know how it's been, Jay, but I've just been fortunate to, to work at companies that have allowed me to, you know, identify opportunities and try to figure out new and ways to, to drive performance and sales. And certainly my, my time here that I've spent now going on almost 10 years at Cox Automotive has been uh, an incredible journey and, and beginning to learn about, you know, we have such a huge footprint across the auto industry uh, and touch all aspects of the car business. And so I would say that, you know, me as being a, a, a person that tries to be a student of the, the business, um, you know, I kind of brought with me a certain education that I got in all those years at Nissan. And now my time at Cox has really allowed me to learn so much more about the industry. And as, as you say, in terms of being an entrepreneur, it's just using that tribal knowledge and to try to create value for our customers is I find to be uh, really exciting. You seem like you've got creativity in you, right? Mixed with your automotive experience. That leads you then, you just posted an article. Tell us more about that, will you? Yeah, you know, it's just as a, an observer, much like you, Jay, of, of, you know, keeping track of what's going on in the business. I think over the past few years, we've definitely, all of us been caught up in this belief that our industry is amidst this massive transformation. And I think that there was three major points that I made in this article, the first of which was, that the microchip shortage and the pandemic created a, a situation where inventories that used to be where supply greatly exceeded demand. And just to kind of put an exclamation point on that, in 2019, we actually hit an all-time high inventory level of 4.1 million new cars on dealership lots across America. And on a given month, we'd sell roughly 1.2 million cars. So we almost had four cars for every one customer. And then when the pandemic hit, the entire industry flipped upside down and we suddenly had four customers for every one car. And and we, we saw gross margins like we've never seen before. We saw customers buying cars 60, 90, 120 days out. Um, you know, it was kind of a first come first serve frenzy that I think created this amazing circumstance for car dealers and OEMs alike. And at that moment, I think that the car manufacturers said, boy, this is utopia. We need to really keep inventories tight and we need to maintain these really low to no levels of incentives and our dealers are getting rich and this is gonna be great. And that, that's how we're gonna behave moving forward. And so now we fast forward to 2024 and you know, we're, the Cox Automotive believes that inventories are gonna get back up to 3 million cars on the ground by the end of this year. Inventories are up about 50, 60% last year. Incentives are up 80% year over year. We're kind of getting back to kind of the normalcy 
of how we've seen things in the auto industry. So that's one example. And then the other two examples that I'd point to very quickly is just electric vehicles. This has been, you know, you can't pick up a newspaper or have a conversation about the auto industry without talking about the rise of EVs. And, and I think if you really peel back the onion on this thing, what we all will find is that the, this has been driven largely by just incredible government subsidies and, and the government has really forced the automaker's hand on this issue. This is not really, a, in my view, a consumer-driven thing as much as a government-mandated thing. And I feel like there's been a realization in the second half of 2023, as day supply of electric vehicles, I think now is upwards of 140 days. Um, you know, margins have been just absolutely abysmal. Tesla, the, the leading uh, manufacturer of electric cars, took 25% price reductions last year. So we've just had, I don't wanna say a bloodbath, but you know, Ford Motor Company posted $4.5 billion on electric vehicle losses last year. And so if you pull all that together, I, I think there's a beginning to be a realization that maybe this isn't necessarily gonna transform our business. And, and you know, I think what sort of got lost in the news last year was hybrid sales were up almost 80% year on year. We sold almost 800,000 hybrids, um, and, and it seems like this happy medium that many of these companies are beginning to shift more back towards their ICE and their hybrid vehicles, uh, I think, here in the, in the in kind of near term. And then the very last point that I would make, Jay, from the article was just that, you know, we had, once again, going back to the pandemic, when, you know, people were afraid to do things in person, at that exact moment, you had companies like Carvana and Vroom whose you know, sales and market caps just absolutely exploded. I mean, Carvana's market cap at one point was over $40 billion, which is just mind-blowing to think about. Well, today that's down to about $7.6 billion. Uh, last week, I believe it was, that Vroom announced that they were ceasing operations. And meanwhile, you know, the franchise dealer network is, you could argue, never been stronger. I, I think we saw last year just absolutely mind-blowing valuations where these big public auto groups like Lithia and Asbury and AutoNation were out gobbling up car dealerships. And so I guess my point is, is that, you know, the more we think things change, maybe the more things are staying the same. And I think that the franchise dealer network uh, is, is in very good health for the foreseeable future. Right. So uh, it's NADA. This is good timing. This is good news what you're saying i want to i want to say uh i dove into your article and you had in the at the end a, uh, a quote from bill gates yeah once commented we always overestimate the pace of change in the next two years and underestimate the pace of change in the next 10. yeah yeah i, I think that's like a great quote i mean i think that that sort of speaks to Exactly what I'm saying is that many of us were led to believe or thought that, you know, that the industry was amidst this massive transformation here in the near term. And I think that Gates is right that, you know, over the short term, things maybe move a little bit more slowly. But certainly in the next decade, I think, you know, I wouldn't be very intellectually honest to say that the industry is going to look different in 10 years than it looks today. But I think the next few years, we're going to see a bit of a gravitational pull back to normalcy. I without getting into the weeds and like trying to predict autonomous and things like that, right? Cuz that's kind of where I start to I, I people will ask me, "What do you think as far as like let's talk logistics for a second. 
Jay, what do you think about autonomous vehicles loading themselves, driving themselves, autonomous trailers? Very hard to predict, right? Yeah. Probably one of the biggest hurdles that gets in the way is the legal argument. Sure. But I also believe it's somewhat of an inevitability, just like EVs to some sense. Yep. So, but again, without hearing me speculate, can you, what other trends and if, if whether it's current trends or things that you see happening next, can you shed light on from, from where you sit? Yeah, so I mean, I think your point on the full self-driving, as Tesla calls it, is, you know, could absolutely be a transformative uh, innovation. And you think about the application as, you know, Tesla has their uh, semis, right, their electric semis that they built. And if those became autonomous, I mean, I've read that that's actually one of the big challenges in America is just as our country has become so much more uh, reliant upon e-commerce, I mean, the number of trucks and trailers and vans out driving around our cities on a daily basis is like probably 10 times higher what it was when you and I were kids. And so there's a shortage of drivers, as I understand. So you think about the implications of uh, full self-driving, about these long hauls that's a, you know probably not a real fun job driving from, I don't know, Nashville to California. And if we could get that to be done by computers, I think there's that could be huge. But you know, we're in the early innings of that, and I know that Tesla's had certain successes, and then you read an article about an accident or that there's some problem with that. Um, so I, I think that that kind of really fits into that Bill Gates quote, that probably here in the next two years, that's not a game changer. But, you know, if I was a bet man by 2034, do we have vehicles driving themselves? Probably so. See, and, and that's where I try to get into the year and the thinking and – the acceleration of time and, and technology, I go with like 2040 yeah, to be safe. But, um, and then 2060 is just impossible to predict. Um, so, you know, you play yeah, that right. game, right? you know. Uh, hey, let's do this. We're leaving out Patrick and Micah. So let's do this. Right after this, do me a favor, stick around. Don't go anywhere. After this, we're going to bring in Patrick Janes and Micah Tindor to join this conversation here. We're talking with Cox Automotive Experts on ATI Auto Business. Stick around. We'll be right back. Auction V-Commerce is the universal support solution to help brick-and-mortar auctions respond to the needs of digital buyers and sellers with greater efficiency accountability, and more access. Auction V Commerce is a bridge between the dealers of the past and the auction of the future. Yeah, so let's be honest with it. Everybody as an operator, like myself, we're always looking to save expense, okay? And so if I can get a product that is just as efficient as, as another product, and yet save a ton of money, that's what I'm gonna do. And so I think the value proposition that Dealers Link offers is unmatched, right? For what we spend on Dealers Link, for what we get from Dealers Link, full spectrum, the marketplace to support, the OEM data, the Fastbook tool, the, the mobile applications that you have, uh, it, the value proposition is huge. Um, and I definitely would recommend, I have recommended, uh, we are continuing to install it into our stores uh, as we speak. Request a live demo at dealerslink.com now. 
Manage your inventory operations all in one place with smarter wholesale cutting edge recon market driven strategies and automated advertising. Visit dealerslink.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us again. Okay, we really do. We're going to uh, we're going to double down. Is actually what we're going to do. We have Micah Tindor and Patrick James with us here live on ATI. Gentlemen, can you see me and hear me? Okay. And see you and hear you well. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Thank you Thanks, so Jake. much. Thank you for taking the time. Um, do me a favor, Micah. We'll start with you. We'll do introductions. Then we'll kind of move into the conversation. Micah, please say hello and tell us a little bit more about you. It's good to be chatting with you, Jay. Good to see everybody out there. My name is Micah Tindor. I run the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer business for Cox Automotive. Been in the automotive industry here about 16 years. Actually grew up in it, but on the opposite side of most people. My dad was a reconditioning vendor all growing up, so I grew up going to car dealerships, learning how to repair burn holes in car carpet and stuff like that. I kind of worked my way up, started with my dad doing reconditioning, built a reconditioning automation company, iRecon, which ended up getting acquired by Cox. Did about five years with Goodyear in their commercial mobility side, doing trucking telematics and predictive tire maintenance, probably visiting a lot of the, the people that are listening here in their central offices. And then uh, I've been with Cox Automotive now about four years. Absolutely love the industry, love the innovation that we see nonstop and excited to talk about what's going on in the market. Wow, it is awesome to have you here. Thank you, Micah. Patrick, please say hello and tell us a little bit more about you. Hey, Jay. Uh, so unlike these green peas here, you know, I'm the old guy on the screen. So uh, <laughs> over like 35 years now, it's it's sad to have to admit this, but uh, yeah, they're much better looking and uh, just uh, are keeping their youth much better than I am. But uh, I'm the third, a third, a third guy in the automobile industry. So my first third was with an OEM, the same OEM as Mr. Finkelmeyer. Uh, and uh, so we had a connection way back in the day and continue uh, to this very day. And he's one of the guys that got me in, one of the key guys that got me into Cox Automotive, quite frankly. And then I uh, spent a third in retail. Uh, so I went and got my master's degree, you know, as being a GM of a couple of stores. I uh, did that for about a third of my career. And then uh, now the final third here, I think the final third, uh, I'm actually, um, you know, on the vendor partner side with Cox Automotive. So uh, it's been a really interesting uh, ride and career, and I've gotten to see, you know, uh, the entire industry from all three of those views. Wow. That's amazing. That is awesome. Okay. The stage is set. Uh, Brian, I think I said this to you before. I'm going to, I'm going to ask for your help. So here we've got there here. We have you and two of your colleagues here. Where should we go with some conversation as we lean into NADA show 2024? Well, I think, you know, obviously part of the, the fun of the Super Bowl of the car business is the latest and greatest ideas and thinking. And I know both Patrick and Micah, I'm sure, have got a couple of tricks up their sleeve that they're uh, maybe they can tease us with here. Give us a little a little advanced uh, knowledge of what's coming this week out in Las Vegas. Do you want to lead, Micah? Have at it. Sure, Patrick. I appreciate that. Um Super excited about NADA this year. There's always so many interesting things going on at NADA, both from a vendor perspective and from a dealer perspective in the meetings and what's coming to market. The thing that I'm most excited about is coming to market from Kelly Book Instant Cash Offer 
is service drive acquisition. We released a version of it last year, but in the la but after releasing it, we spent a year working on optimizing it. And quite simply, what service drive acquisition does is it takes the power of V Auto, it helps you price your vehicles. It takes the power of the Kelly Blue Book brand to bring consumers in who are, might be interested in trading their vehicle and connects it into XTime. What it does is it serves up for used car managers all the service drive appointments that are coming in. If it fits your inventory stocking strategy, you press one button and you send them a Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer link to engage the consumers so they walk themselves through the vehicle appraisal process, building confidence and trust in the appraisal. And then you have a simple, easy conversation around the price and what it looks like to flip them into a new car once they get into the service drive. So it's a really cool integration between three different products. You got the fixed and variable ops together and really helps bridge that gap that so often exists between fixed and variable ops and trying to optimize those two businesses. So super excited to talk to people about that. And of course, talk to them about all the cool stuff that Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer has done to bring to market. I'll jump in and say, I have seen a lot in conversations in panel discussions about giving someone, giving an individual just an instant appraisal out of nowhere. Like it's like a magic trick and what it does for them and their perception of where they are, who they're talking to. And now their options yeah. is a wonderful thing. That's what you just made me think of. It is. What's interesting, Jay, is we're seeing that it's some of the dealers that are running this just kind of on the side where they maybe log in and just hit the the what we call platinum cars, those top tier cars that they really want. They're buying three to five cars a month, barely trying. We see dealers who are in there hitting a wide variety of cars, buying 20 to 30 cars a month out of their service drive. Those are cars that you know the history of the vehicle, you know the exact service condition. All you have to do is check the cosmetic and they tend to grade out as a gold car in the the uh, profit time GPS part inside of the auto of bronze, silver, platinum, uh, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. They tend to grade out as gold. So it's a really high quality vehicle that's coming in. And interestingly, we did some um, survey work with consumers interested in selling their vehicles. And what we found is that what consumers are most concerned about is that damage isn't being accurately identified on their car. You know, we're overinflating it. Or that cool stuff about their car is being ignored. And what's interesting is when you get them in through the service drive, you have a, a service writer there who they trust, who isn't trying to buy a car off them, telling them exactly what is good and bad about their car. And then when you walk in with an appraisal, you've removed those risk and pain points. So you actually start that service drive acquisition conversation on a front foot instead of a defensive posture with consumers. So it, it is a really interesting place to start to buy inventory. And we're seeing a lot of people in the market start to talk about that service drive acquisition opportunity right now. So you're building trust. That's that's what that's it's amazing. all amazing. That's not easy to build. No, it's not. And what I like about being with a brand like Kelly Blue Book, it's been around 97 years. Everyone knows who Kelly Blue Book is. Um, and what we like to talk about is a trust bridge. They trust Kelly Blue Book. They trust our number. And we bridge that trust over to the dealer, building a little trust stool between Kelly Blue Book, the consumer, and the dealer, making that whole process easier. And, you know, whether it's in the on the transport side, dealer side, or consumer side, we're all looking to find a quick way to make money, to trust people, to help each other out in the industry, and that's what we're trying to do with this tool. That's awesome, Micah. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, Patrick, what do you want to jump in with? You know, I think for um, this NADA, there's an interesting 
shift going on. Uh, you know, we did, Brian talked a little bit earlier about evolutions and revolutions. Um, you know, it's just another evolution. But I think this one came on a little quick, right? The market's starting to soften, uh, at least from a demand side slightly, but yet supply is not readily available. So I, I'm a believer in the time that I've spent with, with clients that, you know, he who has the cars wins, right? And has the right cars and the cars you can be profitable with. Um, and so uh, as, as Mike uh, is focused on, you know, acquiring that consumer and the service drive, we, uh, in V Auto this year, we took an approach of how do we help the dealer kind of filter out some of the noise of the cars that, that, that they don't need and find the cars that really align with their strategy. I, I like to um, represent the smaller dealer. When I was in retail, I was a small to medium size, uh, small to medium sized dealerships. Didn't have the scale and the personnel to be able to do these things. And when you say, hey, you need to get out there and acquire inventory from your service drive, private party listings and and uh, your lease returns and you know, go out and uh, you know we buy cars off the street and 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 make all this noise you got to have processes and workflows to be able to pull that off so the thing that we focused on this year uh, was to give the dealer a way to filter out the cars based on criteria that they set that aren't going to fit their strategy kind of a first pass that goes by and filters out those cars. And then once they get it down to the vehicles that they know are profitable and that fit the strategy that sell well, that they have experience with and sell well at their dealership, then they can justify going out and appraising the cars in the service drive. They can go out and make some phone calls through the internet department to reach out to these private party listings. Otherwise, there's just a lot of noise and a lot of energy and a lot of inefficiency. So uh, we have a, a solution, uh, it's called Global Search. Uh, we are um, unveiling it at NADA, and uh, we're really, well, I, I'll say we're really excited to unveil it at NADA, but we've got it already in, in beta and, and pilot, and uh, we've got dealers super jazzed about it. So that's the fun part, you know, that's the that's the, the Super Bowl part, right, where you get a little glitz and glamour, and, and people walk into your booth, and they go, wow, I got to have that, and I think we have that this year, so that's exciting. So demos. There's a there's a lot of demos happening, right? Let's talk about NADA Expo Hall, the booths, and keeping in mind vehicle acquisition. We're focused on is is there also OEM talk, or we focused on dealers? It's a, I'm curious, you know, what's well, in the yeah, minds? I would yeah, say, yeah, Jay. So it's it's an annual deal where the OEMs will have what they call their unique make meetings. So they'll have a dedicated time set up for all the Hyundai dealers and for all the Toyota dealers and the Chevrolet dealers and et cetera. And I think that sort of serves as an opportunity for the OEM executives to outline their vision for the year ahead and discuss what their sales plans are, talk about new initiatives or programs that they have coming out. And then I think it also serves as an opportunity for dealers to have dialogue with these executives to express you know, concerns that they might have about, um, you know, perhaps the electric vehicle ambitions or things of this nature. So I think that, that these make meetings do provide like a really good uh, dialogue between the auto executives and the dealers. And it's a great opportunity where you have kind of everybody under one roof. And I think the car companies for a long time have tried to take advantage of that. So if you were to, when you look at NADA, 
you realize, and you've got you got OEMs, dealers, and vendors all really. They may be at different tiers at different levels, but they're all under one roof. That is actually pretty amazing. I mean, that must be what makes it the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think they say it's like 25,000 people. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, every time I go up to the airport to head to NADA, I think about two-thirds of the flight is all automotive people that I see once a year on the flight to NADA. So I'm sure I'll run into some people here uh, tomorrow morning. Okay, so I want to yeah. add to this, this OEM uh, piece. Uh, we'll, we will have, I, I know they're already on my calendar, we'll probably do five or six demos for OEM executives with inventory management solutions, right, that are in the dealerships because they want to know what the heck the dealers are using to find cars and, and what's driving this. And this is an interesting thing going on in our industry is uh, we, you know, we talk about supply and you say, well, you know, supply seems to be getting better and it's going to be all right. But uh, when it comes to CPO cars, late model CPO cars, of which those OEMs, you know, uh, that's that's their bread and butter for loyalty and, and parts <laughs> revenue. Um, those cars, uh, a lot of those lease returns are being outright purchased, you know, by the customers. So I've had a lot of OEMs reach out to us and say, what is Viato doing to help our dealers be able to go out and acquire late model CPO cars because they're not just coming back from the captive finance company and grounding at the dealership and they can throw a CPO sticker on them and let them fly, right? Um, so we, um, uh, we, we're we getting very involved with the OEMs to try to let them know what we have to help them so that they can go out and counsel their dealers uh, with their boots on the ground to say, hey, we got to start finding some of these cars because we don't want to lose that loyalty connection uh, and the power of, of, of certified pre -owned. And, and just to piggyback on Patrick's uh, point there, Jay, going back to my earlier uh, point that I made about these upstart disruptors like Carvana, like Vroom and whatnot, I mean, that those players really did change the market in some respects around valuations of what people were uh, paying or these companies were willing to pay for private party sales. CarMax actually probably being maybe the best example of this, of having a very sophisticated strategy to pull those cars into their used car department because they don't have the normal flow of lease turn-ins, of trade-in vehicles. They either have to go to auction to get their cars or buy them from private party. And so I think to Patrick's point, you know, Honda and, and other companies with more advanced CPO programs definitely see those those um, players like CarMax Carvana as a threat to the loyalty that, that Patrick mentioned. And the other thing that we have to remember is to add some numbers to what Patrick was saying is pre-COVID, on average, it was about 30 to 33% of all new vehicles sold were leased in a given year. Through the COVID area, it dropped down to eight, 17 to 18%. So we saw 15% of the vehicles that normally would have gone on to lease and come off lease in that three-year cycle disappear. And considering that 2023 is the first year of the three-year cycle of shortages over COVID that we saw in 2021 and 22, the next three years are going to be really challenging from an off-lease perspective. So more and more over the next three years, the dealers are going to need to go out and acquire inventory from consumers and from auctions as that off-lease funnel drive up. Just as an example, in 2019, there were about 17.2 million vehicles sold. At a 33% rate, that's like 5.2 million vehicles. What we'll be seeing coming up is somewhere between 2.7 and 3.1 million vehicles coming off lease over the next two years, each year.
So we're, we've lost about 2 million vehicles coming off lease. So to, to Patrick's point and to Brian's point, there's really a focus both on the OEM and the dealer side to figure out those that do come off lease, how do we capture them confidently? And for those that we can't pick up that should have been coming off lease, where do we go to find that inventory? Wow. You know, a discussion we have, uh, I've had with a number of dealers in different workshops and that is um, typically that off lease customer or that person that's about to turn their vehicle in on a lease, they tend to be treated a little bit like a, you know, a third world customer, right? Because if they come in there and say, I'm buying my car, the dealer's like, come on, there's nothing in it for them, right? <laughs> and they tend to kind of shun them out the door like, all right, we'll do the paperwork and, you know, good luck, right? Because they don't see any opportunity. They're not going to buy anything else. Uh, and we've done a lot of, of coaching on that, our performance managers, uh, you know, we got 150 of them out working with our software, with our dealers, talking to them about, hey, 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 let's take a different perspective. And I think a lot of dealers are starting to do that, where let's ask the questions, you know, what, uh, are you going to keep this car great? Do you need an extended warranty if you're going to keep it now? Because now you're going to keep it well beyond the period of time that you thought they were and then some of the warranties are going to expire. Asking those kind of questions also flushes out whether that customer might already have that car sold to one of those disruptors we were talking about earlier, right? Because they may have very well gone and valued that vehicle and said, you know what, I'm just going to buy this thing off, uh, off the lease and I'm going to flip it. And, you know, because there's a lot of equity there and I'm going to move on. And I think the dealers need to be involved in that process and reaching out to those customers uh, to make sure that that isn't happening to them. Fascinating. You know, I, what I'm thinking about is I, I, I've, we obviously have all heard a lot about vehicle acquisition, vehicle buying centers in different aspects of the industry. And I assumed that it would quiet down. That's not going to happen though, is it? Vehicle acquisition strategies will continue to be a focus. 100%. And I mean, wow. I think Micah's point is on the money when you think about 2 million less used cars. I think even, Jay, across the microchip pandemic era, something like 10 million cars were just never got built. You know, we, we were running a 17 plus million SAR. I think in 2020 or 21, our sales were right around 10 million. So, you know, we lost just massive amounts of units that were just never produced over a three, four year period. And to Micah's earlier point, that's gonna be something that we see as a consequence in the used car market for probably the next three to five years. Wouldn't you say, Patrick and Micah? Yeah, it's gonna take a while to work itself out. And I think what we're seeing is dealers are adjusting their inventory stocking strategies. Now in 2023, we did see inventory start to come back a little bit as Patrick mentioned earlier. New inventory was up 51% year over year. In 2023, used inventory was up 4% year over year. So that's starting to bring a little bit more inventory back in. And that allows dealers to start um, leveraging different avenues a little more broadly when they're acquiring inventory. But any dealer that really wants to accelerate over the next couple of years is going to have to be really sharp on their inventory stocking strategy and make sure that they have a holistic strategy to go out and get vehicles since that lease side. And I think interestingly for your transporters that are listening here, if you think about what does that mean to me driving a truck, it's actually a good thing if you're driving a truck because off lease is dr being driven in by the consumer, trades being driven in by the consumer. It's the new and used coming from auction 
that need a transporter consistently. And those two segments of inventory acquisition are up um, year over year. So as we think about what does that mean for transporters in 2024, um, I think there's that's a good sign for them. Everybody's doing their research on where the roots of ATI auto business are in transportation and logistics. That's good. It makes sense. I mean, it, you know, it is. It's a significant part of my audience. Uh, but as they will tell you, um, and I test them weekly, is that I keep pushing the envelope of what we talk about here because it seems to me that if you truly want to understand the automotive industry, you have to look at what all the different verticals are doing. Right, and I've kind of broken it into OEMs, dealers, auctions. In our space, I added brokers and carriers, and even equipment and regulations. Remarketing is a big one. And what I was going to ask next is that, it, you know, at NADA, back to that, is that the amount of software and vendors as a percentage of the show, it's like, what? what is this? Is it a third? Is a third of NADA software and vendors? I think that's low. Is it right? Is yeah. it half? Is, yeah. What is it? Low. Is it what? What is that? Sixty-five percent? What is it? Well, all I know, Jay, is the first time I went to NADA with with Tox Automotive. You know, we have this massive booth, and I was looking out across the the show floor, and it looked to me like there had to have been something like two thousand exhibitors. And I just remember saying to our sales team, it's hard to believe that we're out competing every day for the dealer's mind share against all 2,000 of these guys. Like, it really is sort of um, mind-blowing to see what that looks like uh, from one vantage point. Um, and, and so I think your point is well made that there's uh, a lot of people out there chasing uh, the dealer's mind share and, and certainly trying to find new and creative ways to create value for their business and i appreciate the way you stated because we're all looking over a castle wall at something you know you know what i'm looking at is all the podcasts what yeah there's gonna be like a hundred podcasts at nada so it, we all you know and that's an important facet of running a business is looking at what's out there What's happening? What's changing? I had seen the V Auto Global Search. I think that was in the news a couple weeks ago. Hey, let's talk real quick about Central Dispatch. Now, obviously, this is something I, I know quite a bit about, but the, the news that Central Dispatch is doubling down with a $100 million investment. Now, I'm not trying to lead us anywhere, but that is pretty amazing news. Does anybody have anything to add? Is, if there is anything. All I, can, all I can tell you there, Jay, is... is at Cox Automotive, and you're going to see this throughout the village, we are constantly trying, our mission is very simple. We're trying to transform the way, you know, the world kind of buys, sells, owns, and uses vehicles. So, I mean, I, I can't think of any, you know, business unit within Cox Automotive who isn't trying to push the envelope, just like Mike is trying to do with Instant Cash Offer and KBB. I'm trying to do it with, with Global Search and V-Auto. Uh, I think at the end of the day, um, the dealer wants connected solutions. We hear that all the time. You, you talk about these 2,000 software companies that are out there. Um, one thing I know, and I, you know, I can say I was a dealer for 10 years, right? 
is that there's nothing worse than having to open up 17 windows to do it, you know, to do something <laughs> that right. is for the same VIN. Right? That's right. So I, I want to put the VIN in and I want to get all my insights and I want that thing to flow through the process. And then I need it to do certain things uh, along the way. And so, you know, we at Cox, I mean, in Viato and in and all of these, uh, you know, solutions, we are constantly, you know, looking over the wall, as you mentioned, and we are trying to figure out, hey, how can we connect these two things together? Because the dealer's just tired of looking at, you know, all these different solutions and saying, hey, this one does about 3%, this one does about 8 this one does about 20 you know, bring it all together. So, uh, and I think, you know, uh, um, I'm a little prejudiced, but I think Cox Automotive is in a pretty good position to, you know, to pull that off, and we have. And so we've got a lot of things working to be able to keep that seamless and integrated, and each year we make tremendous progress on that. So that's what, you know, what we're excited about. I appreciate that. I'll let you guys go in a minute. I will say I think there are several uh, just in the in auto logistics companies that are excited to hear of this big central dispatch investment because it will it'll make it more than it said in the article a matchmaking between shippers and carriers and I, I agree I'm I'm excited to hear more and um and so I'm thankful to know a few folks at Cox Automotive that I can talk to and that will you know take the time to talk to me it's wonderful thank you very much I really do appreciate it thanks Jack appreciate it Thanks for having us on. Let's do that. Let's do this again. Um, I'll be live streaming, so I won't be at NADA. I won't see you there, so I can't beat you at golf and eat all the dinner. But uh, but I'll that take a rain be hard, check. By the way, Jay. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You haven't seen me play. But you know what? I'll take a rain check. I really look forward to uh, meeting you, gentlemen, at a show sometime. We'll send you a FedEx package with some dealer shrimp in it, all right? Would be amazing. <laughs> Applause button. Thank you so much, Brian, Micah, Patrick. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks, Jay. All right, Thanks, take guys. care. Have a great show. Thank you, Jay. Thank yep, you. Take care. All right. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and just end the meeting there, and that's a cut. Okay, cool. Wow. That is amazing. Um, I, you know, I went, it's a little, is it noisy? I, I started the show two hours early because um, I wanted to make sure... Thanks, Anthony. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was able to accommodate their schedules. They are, you know, getting ready for NADA. You know how it is, wrapping things up, getting ready for a show. You still have your normal job, but you got to get ready for a show. Then you got travel and logistics, and then the phone starts ringing and everything's going crazy. Oh, I think it's. I'll call. I'll, I'll call you back, Brian. Um, I thank you so much, uh, for sticking around live. I, I'll, I will. I do. I want to answer it, but I gotta finish and wrap up the show. And I just. I want to say uh, thank you, Cox Automotive. Thank you, Brian Finkelmeyer, uh, Micah Tindor, Patrick Janes. That was an awesome discussion. I knew it would be epic. ATI Auto Business is working hard so that anyone can learn more about the automotive industry. And that's what we do here. Thank you, Murphy Auto Transport, Superflow Systems, and uh, Auction V Commerce and Dealers Link. You know, I didn't see a lot of the live chat, but I, I believe that we're probably good. I believe that during COVID, the value of used vehicles skyrocketed, so people were buying out of their leases or selling for a massive payout. 
what has really changed that is the customers having to go back to an actual franchise to execute options on the lease and the leveling out of used values. Thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you, James. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, 925. And you know what's cool, too, is now it is a it really is that saloon that I've talked about in the past where we never know who's going to show up on a Tuesday or a Thursday, but you're welcome to show up live or on demand. And I can't tell you how many people say to me that they've seen the show, they've caught a few, they know what's going on, and I can continually have meetings, scheduling new shows and meeting more folks. So if ATI interests you and you want to be a part of it, let me know. Send me an email, autotransportintel at gmail.com. I will change that email one of these days. I certainly will. Um, but ATI stands for Auto Transport Intel. So thank you so much, everybody in automotive, for staying tuned to ATI Auto Business. We'll see you Thursday for trucker drug testing at noon central time. And then we'll go live Friday at noon Vegas time. That's 2 p.m. central time Friday, February 2nd, Groundhog's Day. Watch out for the groundhog. Here comes the car hauler. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>